So in May, Shabby Dollhouse, the website, um, online magazine, press, book club uh, project, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, um, this thing that I've been doing for like 11 years, in May we're going to publish two books. Uh, one is called The Moan Wilds by Caroline Rayner. It's a book of poetry, one long poem. Uh, the other one is a novella by Sebastian Castillo. It's called Salmon. And now it is the 9th of March. So we don't have that long left. Currently, um, we're at the stage where we are finalizing the manuscripts. Not the text itself, that's already done, but like I spent this afternoon doing a lot of formatting stuff for the Moan Wilds. Um, this is like the fourth book that I've done this for. It is really hard. I, I mean, I, I may, I've never learned how to do it properly, so maybe it's not that hard if, if like, I didn't learn from YouTube or whatever. But um, I find this definitely the most challenging part of the, uh, of the publishing process. Um, or at least I'm saying that now because that's what I'm doing. I thought that it would be fun to record a, like a podcast series um, for a few weeks while we're in this stage, and maybe it'll be longer than that, I, I don't know. So you're listening to the first episode of that, and I want to play you a little bit of a conversation I had with Caroline uh, a few days ago when we had another meeting about formatting. <laughs> I guess like <laughs> if we're trying to chart the journey of like um, publishing your first book, like how do you feel now, like a couple of months away from it coming into fruition? Like are you scared or do you think it's going to be okay? I think, I feel, I feel really excited. It feels like it's about, I mean, I guess in a way it is, it feels like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. It's like, <laughs> yeah it feels like everything is about to change <laughs> which is dramatic but well I hope that it is in a good way um it's funny that so like we've just discussed for an hour like page formatting <laughs> and I, I think like when you're doing that it's hard to like it's hard to remember that all of this stuff, like this whole process of you like writing this book for years, and then I was just like working on this stuff that looked like logistical, like turning the manuscript into a book over the course of a few months or whatever. It's hard to imagine that that is actually going to result in people having this thing in their hands, and you know that will be in person, like that you'll be reading it to people, and that they'll be like talking to you about it and that they'll like receive it like are you how do you feel about like people actually reading it like are you scared or do you feel like confident or? I feel I feel really excited for people to read it and I guess it feels a little bit like surreal or like hard to imagine just like just this project that I like had been working on for so long and that feels like just something that I like 
I'm obviously really like deep in and kind of like know like really well. And it's just this like whole world that I was kind of living in. And like now other people are going to be part of that world too. It's kind of, it's, I don't know. It feels like exciting, but also really like funny and strange. It's because yeah. it's like, oh, everyone is finally seeing this like, um, this kind of just world, I guess, that I've created in the book. So we have about two months until you can visit the world of the Moan Wilds. And we will do some in-person events uh, in the northeast of the US in May. Um, So that's something that's kind of keeping me well, like when it's difficult, when I'm doing the formatting and the margins and the like really sort of tedious details of of the process, I have to think about what it's going to be like when we are together, which for me is like kind of the point. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if you'll remember, but in December we did a Shabby Dollhouse advent calendar where we published a new uh, piece of writing every day from for 24 days. And one of them was a poem that I originally read in a little book, a little like handmade chapbook by Jonathan Apreya, which I absolutely loved. And um, I asked if he would want to include one of those poems in the in the advent calendar. And he actually suggested my favorite one. So I was really excited and it's called Faces. Um, And it's kind of about what we're talking about here. So I asked him if he would read it for the podcast. It's, uh, It's called Faces. Meeting people in the backyard of a party is fun. Released from the atmosphere, we kind of fall towards earth to land and fold the parachute bald inside our arms into its compartment. The sun is dead and gone. The stars hide within the light from the city's veil. We stand beneath in the yard beside some blackened citronella candles and charred grate of a broken Weber grill and begin to get quite drunk. This is the part, at last, where we all need each other, where we talk about whatever we can. The day is gone. We can't see constellations. Our hearts bleed for what we find in each other's heads. It has to stay that way. Beautifully, we can't take it. The sun is set. We fell out of the stars. It's in us too. It's just we forget. I feel really lucky when I listen to that that I live in a time where I can think about a poem and then I can send the poet a message and they're on another continent and I can ask them to record it for me and they can do that and send it to me while I'm asleep and then I can share it with you and it's so amazing. Um, Yeah, for four four of the 11 years that I've been doing Shabby Dollhouse, uh, I made this like monthly magazine called The Shabby Doll Reader that included a lot of like interviews and stuff about people writing and making art. Um, 
And yeah, maybe this podcast is kind of like that. Or maybe it's a way for me to be able to make a kind of audio essay. Is that a form that exists? I don't know. But I thought that while we're in this stage of preparing for the new books to go out, it might be a good idea to talk to somebody who is already doing that, somebody who's just published a book. And so I asked uh, the poet and novelist Nadia de Vries if uh, I could ask her a few questions. She just has released uh, her third poetry collection. It's called Know Thy Audience. Uh, It came from Moist Books in the UK, and it's really great. I recommend it to you. Um, And she's been touring, doing a lot of readings in different places, and yeah, I thought she could help us maybe. Congratulations on your new book, Know Thy Audience. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, it's it's, it's an exciting book for me because I didn't really plan to put it out. Uh, Susan at Moist Books uh, approached me early last year and asked, um, do you have any work you would like to uh, submit for consideration? And I actually had a bunch of poems that I wrote in 2017 that I didn't think really fit the, the, the other poems I was writing at the time, but I did really like them. Um, they were a bit more vulnerable and a bit less um, kind of focused on like punchlines. And I figured, well, maybe this is like the right time for that manuscript. So I worked on that. And um, yeah, a year later, uh, the book is here. Nice. And so the book, I mean, it's called Know Thy Audience. and. Mm-hmm kind of specifically about the relationship between the an author and a reader um you've done a bunch of readings in different places in the last few weeks you were in new york and amsterdam and where you where you live and brussels um how has the audience reception been to the book that's really interesting actually because i thought that nationality would be kind of the the key factor here but it turns out the more friends of mine are in the audience like the people who are like close to me and know what kind of the things kind of in the poems relate to they tend to laugh more because they know i'm kind of poking fun at myself or what happened really like poking fun but kind of questioning and challenging it and giving different meanings to it in a way that serves me because it is kind of a dark book I guess um not to say that like every experience is like dark like if a personal experience or like dark per se but it's called know thy audience because I kind of wanted to write about how do we as authors present um material about painful experiences to our audiences and so it's been interesting to notice that at the launch in Amsterdam people laughed a lot because they kind of were kind of living through the poems with me in Brussels Um, I knew a bit like fewer people and so it was a bit less of the laughter and then in New York people were kind of like silent just kind of taking it all in and there was a big thing oh wow maybe they think I'm sharing this big trauma with them and that's that Um, so I felt maybe I I should have like qualified it a bit beforehand kind of explained the book a bit more I'm not really sure but it's been interesting to see how that works yeah nice Um, and I know that you're you, I will I think that you're really good at doing readings oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who maybe hasn't done as many as you have um I think um one of the things is always good is short and sweet 
I think it's way better to kind of leave your audience wanting a bit more than make them look at their watch or, um, yeah, kind of get bored. And another one is to kind of, what helps me is to kind of invent like a persona. So I don't really care that much if I embarrass myself because like a different version of myself. So if I stutter or mess up something, then I, I don't mind as much. And also, of course, it doesn't matter at all. It's, it's, like a, it's a poetry reading. You, you'll live. But it can be so daunting when you're like in a room and if it's really important to you and if you really love writing and it's very, it feels vulnerable to share it maybe for the first time, then it might be good to know that you can kind of slip in a different voice and and you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Where like this is your third poetry collection, and mm -hmm. you've also how many how many prose books have you published? Uh, two in Dutch, though. Yeah. Right. Two, yeah. Okay. So you've done many books, and I I find that this process, like when you actually put the book out, it's kind of it's like so many emotions. I think it's like very exciting, but it's also kind of yeah you do feel vulnerable you get like messages from people saying like this is amazing and then <laughs> th then like sometimes if you don't get a message you're like oh no one cares like for me <laughs> I think it's like this sort of thing about managing your ego in a way like um, no absolutely and also just it takes people time to read because um, maybe for you, you've, maybe you've read your own book like 20 times, 30 times, you kind of fly through it. But other people are like processing this for the first time. And it might take them like a month to get through it. It may be, maybe like even three to five months for like a first review to pop up. Like it just takes time. But it is, it's, it's kind of, yeah, especially with like your release date, you kind of want the, your whole world to change for a bit on the release date. Oh, the book is out. And um, you just want to see all your friends hold a copy of the book and you want to see all your friends' Instagram stories like full of them. But it doesn't, yeah, sometimes it happens, but more often than not, it doesn't. So I guess, yeah, manage your ego and also, I guess, be patient and also, I guess, be proud of that moment in the whole process of like making the book and everything that comes after is like the cherry on top. Like it's already amazing that you went through this process of structuring a manuscript because that's very difficult. Um, yeah. That's so true. So what keeps you motivated to keep writing more and more and more? Um, well, there's two things. I really like, um, for me, maybe, it's, I don't know what it is for you, but I feel like the act of writing is also kind of part of my thought process. Like I, I kind of process my, my thoughts through writing and making notes. And sometimes write poems or essays. So it's kind of a, a mode of thinking for me, but also it's really a social thing, really. Um, I really like, you know, remember, like, maybe we don't remember this because it's like way before we existed, but like in like the first kind of iterations of humankind, where you have like these societies of like uh, builders and storytellers. And I kind of feel that it kind of taps into this very kind of instinctive, instinctive and um, really, yeah, historic role of the storyteller and to kind of share stories and thoughts and to kind of play with language and to also kind of be aware that, you know, we, we kind of use language to write like lists and to write emails 
we can also create whole worlds with it. And I think that's really a really powerful thing to share with other people. And also on that note about like readings, I think that's, that's, that's why readings are so powerful to kind of share these different approaches to language worlds. And yeah, it really kind of invigorates me on, on many different levels to kind of hear people tell stories and poems. So yeah, and, and I really think it's really a precious thing to be like a part of that process. So true. I'm so glad I asked you <laughs> questions. Um, just one more question, and it's kind of stupid. I recently realized or found out that Dutch and Flemish are the same. Mm-hmm. What is what is going on? Well, to be fair, they're not exactly the same. It's actually funny that you mentioned because earlier this month I spoke to like a, a, a Flemish audience, and a moderator actually said. Well, Nadia, you have to speak very slowly because you're from the Netherlands. So it's like a northern accent and the people here aren't used to that. Um, so you have to kind of give them time to get used to how the way you speak. And uh, yeah, the, they're the same language, but the accents and dialect is wildly different. Maybe it's like comparable to maybe like very like maybe a southern American, like like someone from Texas and someone in Melbourne conversing if at the same time for the first time and kind of learning how, oh, wow, you call, this is what you call breakfast. So, so for example, like, yeah, there's sometimes funny things like onion is like a different word or your period is, is called differently, things like that. Hmm. And of course, maybe some people would argue that Flemish is a whole language of its own. Um, and I can see that. And, and I guess what's, what's funny is, Apparently, they've done like research about this, and people in Belgium, so people that speak Flemish Dutch, are actually better at Dutch than like North Dutch people. Um, so yeah, that's also something to think about. <laughs> right. All right, I'm I'm really glad I could ask you that because I went to Belgium last month and I was so confused. I was like, I need somebody to explain. <laughs> <laughs> because you're like fluent in French, right? So you're like used to being able to speak to everyone in Belgium. Well, I guess a big part of Belgium speaks French, right? Yeah, but the way that they spoke French was also really hard to understand. <laughs> 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 so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like both the Dutch and the French is just kind of the Belgian variety then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much um, for talking with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Nadia is so great. Every time I talk to her, I feel so happy. And Know Thy Audience is a really great book. And speaking of books, which I'm obviously doing constantly, I thought it would be a fun feature for this podcast to ask people associated with Shabby Dollhouse what they've been reading lately. And the first person I asked was or is, Sebastian Castillo, uh, whose book, Salmon, as I mentioned, will be publishing later this spring. Sorry that I briefly implied that Sebastian is no longer with us. He is very much a living author, as you can hear now. Hi, this is Sebastian Castillo, and I just finished reading Ted a personal memoir of Ted Berrigan, written by Ron Paget. Um, as I was reading it, it made me realize that one of my favorite genres of books is this, a book written by someone 
uh, about their friend, um, typically dead. Uh, so this was published in the early 90s, which would have been 10 years after Ted Berrigan died. Um, some other favorites in this genre include Under the Dome by Jean Devy, which is about his friendship with Paul Ceylon, and uh, Walks with Walser by Carl Selig, which is about um, Selig's friendship with Robert Walser. Um, it's a short book, Ted, and it's written in these kind of page, page and a half fragments um, in a nonlinear way, uh, mostly concerning um, their early friendship when they lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then their uh, years in New York. Um, most of the chapters are about the 1960s. So it's, of course, great to read about, you know, Ted Berrigan meeting John Ashbery for the first time or um, just, you know, other kind of literary gossip um, that I'm completely a sucker for. Uh, It had the unintended effect of actually dampening my enthusiasm for Ted Berrigan. There are some uh, kind of unsavory details about his life in the book, but that's okay. Um, I'll still read him. Um, but I, I love the idea of writing a book about your friend. Um, I would like to do it while this friend is still alive. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's a good idea actually for, uh, a birthday present. Maybe if you have a friend you love very much, you should write a whole book about them and don't tell them until their birthday and then have that book printed, uh, an edition of one and given to them. Um, I think that would be a great thing to do. I certainly am planning on doing it. Um, and I encourage you to as well. Um, apparently Paget wrote another kind of one of these books, uh, about his friendship with Joe Brainerd, which I'm going to read next. Okay, cool. We did it. Uh, that was the first episode. Thank you so much to Sebastian Castillo, Caroline Reyna, Nadia DeVries, Jonathan Aprea for contributing to it. And thank you so much to Crook for the music. Um, My name's Lucy K. Shaw. I probably should have mentioned that before. Uh, I'm going to make another one of these soon and I'm going to tell you more updates on on the books that we're publishing. Good news, since I started making this one, we have made significant progress on the Moan Wiles manuscript. We've got the cover. It looks so good. I'm really excited to show you. But anyway, that's coming soon. Uh, I'm going to play the music again now. And yeah, thank you so much to Crook for making it. It makes us seem much more professional than I obviously am. Bye.